0: Why did you feel the need to take it upon yourself as the community Mm. to protect the Maponya Mall amid the violent looting and destruction to property?
1: Um, Look, we couldn't just be bystanders. We couldn't just be an audience and be at the center of the township dilapidating and the township economy dilapidating. It's insane. It's incredible. We just said we stand up, we face the enemy for who and what it is, and it doesn't matter if it costs us our lives. Because we would not be able to live with ourselves if we saw all the and in it to go down. I mean, just think about the number of jobs. Think about the impact in society. Think about the mental illness it will bring. As we speak, we have we have serious food security crisis, and it's, and people are not speaking about it. But this is the reality. People don't know where to buy basic essentials because the stores are looted, the shops are looted, the the mall saluted. Literally, Maponya Mall is the only mall that's going to be servicing millions of people. Impractical.
0: Hmm. Now, take us back to some of your challenges and the life-threatening experiences that you went through over the last few days while protecting the Maponya Mall. Yeah.
1: So, uh, this morning, or at least this part night, is the only morning night that we didn't exchange fire. Hmm. Every other single night, we always exchanging fire. Different angles, different groups. Because my Ma', mall's perimeter is actually big. It's not the easiest thing to protect. Yeah. See, because they don't need to enter at the main gate because they're not here for fun. They just bridge the perimeter absolutely anywhere, and and but uh, before you know it, there's about there's about what a hundred people screaming and sort of rushing into the mall because you you weren't you know you just didn't know where they they got in and. After they, they, they loot, you realize that it only takes about you know just to breach the fence about a meter, and people just crawl into it, and the thugs of it lead the <laughs> lead the crowd, and they um, open the gates and they open the the main doors, and it's over because you'll never retaliate and shoot the crowd and shoot the community. Do you understand what I mean? So the most important thing is to stop it before they even get in there because once they in, it's too late.
0: Where is the police in all of this?
1: The, the truth of the matter is that we can't we can't even begin to act like the police were never ever there. The first few days the police were there, one van and I understand South African police we you know it's the, the resources are limited. So we're to have millions of people, thirty three communities including El Dorado Park, and we only have eleven police stations to service the millions of people. I mean the numbers and tell you there is a big problem. And now when you have serious, a serious crisis like looting that's out of um, control, there's no way that um, the police would have um, enough staff and resources to handle it unless we have other police who come from other places. So the community had to play a role. So the first few days there was one van, two vans, and to be honest with you, I had a real conversation with the police. I'm not a politician, I'll say it how it is. They are saying they're even scared of committing you know, a policeman says, I'm scared of committing the way you are committing. When these people come, you go and commit yourself, and, you you know, you risk it all, and you're the one who's not in uniform. I will get in trouble. If that person comes and I shoot them, it doesn't matter what they did. The media will be there, and I will lose my job, and, and, and but you, you'll be celebrated doing the same thing you will be celebrated and i will lose my job and again that's tricky that means that we must go back to the drawing board and we must actually <laughs> restart mm. the systems because there's something that's not connecting
0: now there's been a number of videos that circulated and posted uh, of uh, citizens arrest that you've done talk to us about yes. that
1: <clears throat> so because we're working with the police it's not just a mad movement by the community um, we literally have roadblocks around the perimeters, and cars that are suspect and people that that are suspect, we we stop them, and then we, we call the people that are better trained in the community or, or and in um, from law enforcement, and those people get questioned, and if. Uh, to break locks and, and all that. If we have see anything like that then we pull the cars aside. And that's and those people um, came from the same screening and we, we you know, we just had to put them aside and they handed them over to myself and the other law enforcement people and from just from questioning these people they started panicking and they started, you know, crying and confessing that listen, I'm here because the one guy who was confessing that, listen, I'm sent here, I'm the first man um, because I'm with girls, you guys would never think that, it, you know, you think that I'm just here on a good time and I'm just passing by, but I'm actually this, a person that that um, um, starts the looting and I'm waiting for the other guys. My job is to take pictures so that they can see what firepower you have and what type of um, law enforcement is there and, yeah. and, and so that they can come in guns blazing because they, they'll have the intelligence necessary to do so and more than often um, you just find yourself overwhelmed as as the frontliners yes. because they they know and you don't i mean no one uh-huh. is taking a picture for of them for us and so that we can prepare you see how already <laughs> we had a disadvantage and another thing is th- we are fighting people who actually do not care about the law uh-huh. so we are fighting them within the boundaries of the law